everybody. Welcome to Wednesday and the STD Projects Happy Hump Day podcast. Today we have a treat for you actually. I'm Janelle Marie, founder and executive director of the STD Project and today we are bringing a friend on actually to converse with me on the podcast. Uh, Phil is the gentleman who has been so generous in his time and wanting to participate and have a conversation about STDs out loud, actually, with you guys. So Phil is a writer, computer nerd, and he wears many other hats, some of them bonnets, he says. Raised in a largely secular household, Phil found Religion at 15, where he first met me, actually. We met when I was attending youth group with Phil, and by the age of 20, Phil lost his faith, became an agnostic, and remains so today. Phil, say hello to our listeners. Hey, everyone. So thanks so much for joining us today, Phil. I'm really excited to talk about this. What I thought I'd do is ask you first, we chatted over email, and you had shared when I first came out with the website to give everybody, our readers, a little bit of background. I announced it on Facebook. I said, hey, hi guys, I have an STD and I'm doing a website and I'm talking about it out loud to everyone. So you caught some of the Facebook conversation and me just announcing the website because we're Facebook friends. We're cool like that. And then uh, you are married. You and your wife had checked the website out as well as I just started doing these podcasts about a month ago, and then you had begun to listen to the podcast as well, and I thought that was rather interesting. Can you share a little bit of your perspective, partially why you wanted to participate and have a conversation out loud on a podcast with me, and what your process was really in deciding to participate? Well, I think when I first saw the site, you know, and I saw... You know, so I went to the site because I went, okay, let's let's get the whole scoop here sure. before we, you know, form any kind of opinion. Sure, okay, which is so great. I jumped over there and I read your bio that you had posted on the site, and I yep. went, oh, shit, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I looked at it and I saw the resource you were providing, and I went, no, this is this is cool. This is what this is like. The sure. situation not fun but cool thing that you're doing okay and so then I went to listening to the podcast with the wife and all the while you know reading your bio I think you said that you were first diagnosed when you were 16 yes correct and so that stuck in my head and as I'm listening to the podcast I'm going you know what if I had found out when I was you know captain religious back at 16 years old (laughs) sure and I'm going you know, I like to think that I was a nice guy back then, uh-huh. uh, and hopefully that was largely true, but I'm like, you know, I could be as judgmental as anyone back then, you know, a young zealot, you know, well, for yeah, lack of a, a better word. Right, right. So, you know, I just, and I said, well, you know, people need to know how to respond. People need to know what people, you know, our friends and loved ones and family with STDs need from those of us who don't have them. Sure. So I I guess that's what got me thinking and got me concerned about what I might have said at 16. I was terrified of what, if we had to go back in time and you told me, oh, (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, I'm shaking. Yeah. Okay. No, actually, I don't remember you saying anything in particular, you know, and, and right, and had I had said that I had, of course, nobody knew that component of it. And, and to give the readers a, a small background, this is kind of a longer story for a different day, but the church that I was attending at the time kind of kicked me out of the church. I had kissed a Marine on a youth group trip. We went every every spring break we took a youth group trip to Myrtle Beach and I was sent home on a plane because I'd broken two rules I had there were no PDAs allowed no public display of affection as well as we were not allowed to go off with any member of the opposite sex without having a uh, what were they called like a um, chaperone chaperone yeah exactly so I had broken two rules my best friend and I at the time had walked off with these two marines down the beach I caught I got caught making out with them because somebody saw us go off and two of the chaperones came to find out where we had gone and um, you know four or five days later I had to apologize in front of 60 of my peers and for taking all of the chaperones time away it was really a traumatic experience. What they didn't know, what the church wasn't aware of at the time, is that I had recently contracted an STD, and I had kind of diver or diverged from the church a bit, and I hadn't been spending as much time at church, and I had been starting to even, um, oh, what do I want to call it, just experiment. I was experimenting with drugs. I was kind of miserable. I was really depressed. I didn't know what to do, and I wanted to reestablish my relationship with God. I had been brought up in a traditional church kind of setting. My mother was Christian Reformed. My father was raised Catholic. And I really did want that back because I knew that I had kind of lost my way. And then, you know, this all happened. So teenagers are teenagers. I don't remember anything specific of you being mean or nasty, but everybody was kind of taken aback. And I was kind of treated like a like a leper without even people having a clue that I had genital herpes. I can't even imagine had they known that on top of it. I was already kind of portrayed as a slut and a harlot and, you know, for making out with a guy. And looking back on it, there were years that I couldn't repeat that story without entirely breaking down. I mean, there was years and years it probably took, of the last probably five or six years, I've been able to tell the story without it being such a an emotional vomit basically um but yeah it's been it's, it took a while before that uh, that I could set aside the traumatic component of that and tell it and look back on it I think even a little bit reflectively and and not be as judgmental in return because I kind of did the same thing that you did early on as a result of that is I really did I wanted to deny the church and I wanted to go away from church because I felt like church people were mean and judgmental and cruel and I had been treated unfairly and cruelly and as a teenager it was such a traumatic event so that's that little bit of a backstory but yeah I mean and that's what's interesting is a lot of teenagers contract STDs and they don't have anywhere to turn. Not only are they just teenagers and in high school, but it's it's like it's one of the most traumatic experiences at the time because of that stigma, because of what they hear about it. The very little that they know is generally that media stuff. You know, you've seen it in the movies. The Hangover talks about herpes. Everything stays in Vegas except if you get herpes and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that is really hard for people. 
What did your wife think as well? Did she kind of have the same reaction as you did? I mean, I don't know your wife. We had never, we've never met. You met her after it wasn't like a youth group connection or anything like that. So, yeah, um, no, she was wholeheartedly supportive. I don't think she even had an oh shit moment. Oh, sure. Know? Okay. <laughs> like I did, yeah. I mean, yeah. And she was actually, uh, you know, she's in a very similar boat that she was raised in a very religious household and, you know, has since, you know, she, she got out of, she graduated, you know, and uh, shortly after got a teaching job out in Colorado and she and I moved together out there and we weren't married. Okay. And oh, oh, yeah. yeah I was just going to say, was that an issue or how are your parents? Are they still attending um, a church at all or? My parents are. Hers, hers, uh, hers. very religiously go. So. Oh, so hers were kind of up in arms about you're moving oh. in together prior to being married. Oh. Holy, like, I mean, just in the total sitcom twist, like, her dad offered money to her to not take me. Oh, wow. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, you can't, that's like, you can't even make that stuff up. <laughs> you know, that's, that is, it's right out of a movie, I tell you what, or a sitcom. Oh, that's interesting. But you did it anyway, sure. Yep, and so, you know, uh, but yeah, very similar situation, but, uh, you know, she, uh, like I said, she didn't even have the O, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Right. Oh shit moment so right. you know no uh, but very very enthusiastic about it and she's looking forward to see what we do here right so. well and i think too what's what's very interesting about your perspective is neither of you are aware that you've ever had or come into any contact with an std so it's really that outside perspective because of course i'm going to tell everybody and all of the listeners that they're wonderful and beautiful and an std does not have to define them and they don't have to go through as much trauma as I did, that's basically why I, one of the main reasons I'm doing the STD project is because it was such a struggle for me for so long and I was so lost and there were some, some really bad things that had happened and some people had treated me poorly. You specifically hadn't, but there were people not even just within the church itself, but there were friends of mine who you know, would talk about me behind my back and would tell everybody and their brother that I had an STD and that I was trying to infect people and that I was trying to sleep with as many people as possible so I could spread my herpes and make people feel like I did, and which is so ridiculous and untrue. I've written about that in a couple of those situations, but I don't, my thought is I don't want people to have to go through all of that if they can, if I can help it, if I can do anything. And what's wonderful is once I finally did dig myself out of that depression and that hole and that in some of even denying and thinking that, you know, all religion is bad and all churches and all of those things, once I really came full circle, I was really successful. I have two degrees, honors degrees, and I've done all sorts of really fun things and I've challenged my fears and gone skydiving. I auditioned for American Idol, all of that stuff which is great and has made me successful. And what I realized in hindsight is like, geez, I wish somebody could have told me at the time, this won't define you. People won't say no to you for a relationship or they won't decide not to date you because of this. And there just wasn't that. There isn't, there aren't that many resources and there especially aren't resources that talk about that gray area of how to live with it. Aside from just the physiology of it all and the infection itself and how you contract it, transmit it, and treat it, there isn't that that says how people are going to think about you and what what people think and is that correct and is that a correct assumption, you know, there's none of that. So 
So yeah, it was a big process for me. And you watched, you saw, you knew me when I was going through some of the worst, some of the worst time in my life was around that age. It really was. I was just so lost and struggling and, you know, I think it was visible probably. I don't know. Do you, do you look back on that as I was a lost, I was a lost kid or what's that, what's your thought about that? Well, I mean, it kind of resonated with me where you were at and what I saw. Um, so the last time I recall seeing you, I was with um, our common brunette friend. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Whose name I won't use. And she uh, <laughs> sure. took me to Subway because you were there. And I, you know, I don't remember the guy's name. And I'm not sure if you guys were married or engaged. Okay. But you were discussing getting tattoos where your ring fingers were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, okay, you remember this? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, funny. I hadn't even thought about that since yeah. since then. But, or I just I didn't remember I was it. I 19, maybe. So okay. it would have been 12 years ago. I think that was the last time I saw you. Yeah. And when I saw you then, I went, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're in some shit, you know? And, <laughs> uh, what's you funny know. is I did get that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, it's a different tattoo now, but it's uh, I've had it covered up since and changed into into kind of it's actually a butterfly, which is representative on purpose of my my own personal morphing in the the process and yeah, because we're not together anymore. He was actually really supportive. That was right around the same time. It was I can't remember the the um, age exactly. It was either seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen because I was dating him. That's when I came up with the idea to do the STD project because he was really positive and supportive. It didn't bother him that I had an STD. He was actually mad at whoever gave it to me and, you know, wanted to and was mad at how I had been treated by some friends and really was just frustrated to watch me go through it because he could see how painful it was. And I was still a teen and it was still just a few years after, a couple years after I had contracted it. But that was when the thought first came to mind and I wanted to do something to help other people because interestingly enough as I began to tell some people there were people who have known for years that I that I live with genital herpes and then I've had additional friends who I've told who also have other STDs and who have or who have contracted one if it's a curable one so I knew I began to learn that it was actually very wide and common that there were lots and lots of people who contract and live with STDs. And I think that is just really shocking for people because I don't think they think that's... I certainly didn't. You know, I thought, oh, only certain kinds of people contract STDs and, you know, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the small cow town that I grew up in, but it it certainly did. (laughs) You know, so often, especially, you know, I was watching... uh, I was... Oh, gosh, it was one of the medical dramas or maybe it was even scrubs but i mean i've seen it in several different places where stds are a karmic reward for adultery right 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 exactly and and it's and it's basically you know and i heard that too and that was the religious component as i felt like i was being punished for having sex and that it was yeah my fault basically and exactly like it's karma coming back at you and unfortunately our bodies are not infallible you know we are susceptible to infections and bacteria and they operate very similarly and yes if you share your body with someone else there is a risk you naturally are taking a sort of risk with your health and but then there's that component too that if you're in a loving relationship and you love the other individual it's no longer 
a huge, scary, big risk necessarily, or it certainly doesn't have to be, but that's, is, yeah, that's how it's perceived. You're being punished, you, you are getting what you deserve kind of thing. And nobody deserves, first of all, nobody deserves to have to go through all of that crap and that pain and that mental that mental banishment that you that I put myself through and that people wanted me to like yeah like you said it some people say it's just well it's your own darn fault and there are so many people too on the STD interviews there's a gal who does an interview and she contracted an STD uh, genital herpes in fact before she had actually had vaginal penetration and she came from a bit of a religious background as well and was saving herself for marriage but it had oral sex and that hadn't been communicated to her or taught in any sort of sex ed that you can contract herpes via oral sex and multiple other STDs and so that was even more shocking she's like I've tried to be good you know and of course you can make a judgment whether or not the oral sex performing that kind of activity is good or bad but it's neither here nor there in that sense yeah no it's the uh what's propped up in our uh, sex education systems i was talking to steph about this and i said you know they cover you know uh the anatomy lesson yeah you know they spend a couple days on that and then they spend about 30 seconds on mechanics yeah and then they cover (laughs) consequences right and all the while the one thing we haven't actually discussed is sex Right, right. Oh, that's an excellent point. Yeah, sex ed that doesn't talk about sex. How ironic is that? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's the same thing like, uh, you know, uh, on TV again, you know, we could talk about commercials, you know. We routinely see the sexualization with, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what they're selling, whether it's Victoria's Secret or, you know, uh, Ford trucks, okay, because you hear about, oh, yes, this is a very powerful truck, and it's always pulling timber. Right. Okay? <laughs> and who you know? does that, really, too? Yeah. That's the other part. Who, yeah. who, who uses And then we, truck? you know, see Jerry Falwell. Well, I guess he's not around anymore, but we see somebody like that come on and say, oh, this is sinful. This is terrible. Yeah. And so we've spent all this time talking about sex without actually talking about sex. Right, right. And then kids naturally because their hormones are raging and because we live in such a sexualized culture and it's all about being sexy and hooking up and you know finding a finding a husband or a wife and having two point or 1.2 kids or you know whatever what have you so there's all of that encouragement but then we're not teaching them the basics even the simple stuff of how to even when no is no there are people who I've chatted on the website with and some people there was one interview in particular where she had talked about how she had wished she had said a stronger no and next time she would and she kind of got pressured into having sex and that was rape and we don't teach that either with some of those basic things for safety and for sexual health and awareness and to make certain that if you are very comfortable with the topic if you talked about it in that awkward classroom moment and it is awkward when you first start talking about it but we talk about herpes like it's you know the dinner table conversation like we're talking about whether it's going to snow or rain today and it starts to become much less stigmatized when you when you do make that comment and I think if we did that in in our classrooms and and bridged and went to that awkward place the next time they talk about it they'll have already had that conversation and they've it's proven actually comprehensive sex ed that actually does talk about sex 
um, reduces risk, that students who have had and not the abstinence-only education like you and I did, but students that have had comprehensive sex ed, have sex later, start participating and engaging in sexual activities at an at a older age, as well as they more commonly use protection, they less often contract or transmit STIs and STDs, and it is useful, but there's that huge fear that if we talk about it, the assumption is if you talk about it, it's going to encourage it. And that's not the case. If you actually gave people the information of how prevalent STDs are, that the most common symptom is no symptom at all. Yes, if you contract it, part of my message is that it's not the end of the world and you don't have to hate yourself and it won't you know, preclude you from ever having a relationship again. But I still would, I don't want any additional STDs either. And that has happened to me too. And so, you know, prevention is key. And if you give everyone that, that thorough information, then they, then they can be prevented. Then there would be less transmission and people taking less risks and being more healthy with their sexuality. It's just, it just breaks my heart. So what do you think? Go, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, somebody really should have said a few hundred years ago that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, no doubt. I know it. It's just, it's amazing. And yeah, it's just, it's it's disheartening sometimes. And it's just basically, it's, I'm trying to create a paradigm shift, really. And that just takes time to do that and to change people's opinions. And there are a lot of other educators out there. I don't necessarily tote myself as an educator as opposed to just more of a, of a communication encourager, <laughs> but um, uh, just because I haven't had formal education in sexual health yet, there are a lot of other people, especially working on the comprehensive sex ed, so that's great. And there just still aren't a lot who really talk about that very personal component of living with an STD just because people don't want to admit to having an STD or ever having had one, you know, and it's understandable because of that intense stigma. What do you think to, you know, for people out there who are listening and are younger or for people who are just supporters of what I'm doing, kind of like you are and haven't had an experience, what do you think is our best approach? How do we help people who have contracted an STD how do we help them to know that they can come to you, you know, unless you just tell all your friends and family, hey, you know, like, if you ever get an STD, make sure to come and tell me because it'll be okay. You know, how do you communicate that and, and what do you really do to help those people? Because I'm not sure. I know I would have loved a site like my own way back then, but aside from that, you know, what do you think we need to do? That's a really difficult question because you're entirely right. You know, we need to be out there saying, hey, you can come talk to us. Right. You know, we're, we're cool with this. And I don't know, do we need a, our version of the Live Strong bracelet? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I, I would love that. Actually, I did look into that because you can get that. They have, like, bracelets for all different causes and stuff like that. But part of that, too, is convincing people to wear one <laughs> or, and to even talk about it. You know, I posted on um, Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. I'll repost it tonight after we get done chatting just for fun. But it was a, um, you know how they've done some of those things that it points up to your picture and it says... I support this cause, basically. This person supports this cause and is going to stand up for. And I've seen a lot for, like, LGBT rights and things like that. But I made one for the STD project. And I had, like, one person share it, you know. But I think people are so worried about even saying that they support. 
and care for people if, if they contract an STD because as soon as they say that, then maybe people are going to think they've had one. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, and I didn't see it. Otherwise, I'd have put it yeah. on mine. But I'll repost it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that'll be share. good. Yeah. So. Huh. Okay. Well, wow. That's already been 20 minutes in our conversation. I knew this would go really quick. And for our <laughs> listeners' sake, I don't want to chat for too much longer. But maybe what we can do, too, is readdress and come back. If you, you know, get any kind of motivation or um, some sort of inspiration, feel free to hit me up and we can chat some more you know maybe your wife has a different perspective she'd like to share whatever and that's for all of the listeners too anybody who is interested in having a conversation with me either via a video on skype we can do it two ways we can do a video on skype or we can do a podcast just like we're doing right now and we can have a discussion about what you think about stds and it can be even if your opinion is negative as long as we can have a respectful constructive conversation i'm open to that so yeah, Phil, this has been really fun. It just went so quick. I can't believe we spent that much time talking. Yeah, I know. That's really interesting. Well, thank you so much for participating, and feel free to hit me up anytime if you have additional inspiration. Yes, it was absolutely lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Well, and next week, guys, stay tuned. We will. I will actually be sharing what I don't share very often is how STDs have held me back. So you've got to touch that. I thought that would be... A nice follow-up to kind of share some of my inspiration and why that it was really hard for me and how I've overcome that. So stay tuned next week. We'll be talking about that. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a happy hump day.